Making connections, affecting the culture, just doing life. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. From the very beginning of Engage's existence, we have had a desire to help build a biblical worldview in everyone who comes to our site and everyone who listens to our radio program and everyone who watches our YouTube channel. We have a point to why we exist, and it is to help you build a biblical worldview. But you can't really build a biblical worldview if you can't identify it. And we want to talk about resources and point you to resources that's going to help you see what your worldview is and how you can identify that. Now, to help that out, first off, we've got Jordan in studio today. So, Hello. Jordan, thanks for being here. Thank you. Uh, now, we also have an incredible guest that is, uh, he's not going to be any stranger to any listener. His name is George Barna. He is the president of American Culture and Faith Institute. Uh, George, thank you for being here. and Welcome to the show. Oh, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. All right. Now, first off, a lot of people still associate you with Barna Group, uh, but you have not been with them for a few years. Introduce us to the American Culture and Faith Institute. Yeah, American Culture and Faith Institute is a division of United in Purpose, and what we do is research that's geared toward understanding the culture and trying to determine how can we transform it so that American culture becomes uh, more glorifying to God. And so we work with all kinds of organizations, AFA, uh, FRC, all, all different types of Christian ministries, churches, and parachurch ministries across the country, providing that research to them so that they, too, can think about where the culture's at and how they can be involved in that process of seeing it transformed. Unless the Barna Group uh, sold it back in 2009 because there was a generational shift in leadership at churches across the country. And the reality is that the incoming generation was less likely to listen to a baby boomer like myself than somebody from their own generation. So I sold it to David Kinnaman, who's been doing a great job of running the Barna Group. Uh, You know, he's of their generation. They kind of talk the same language, and uh, they're moving forward together. So that's worked out well for everybody. I think it's very insightful. So if people want to learn more about uh, the American Culture and Faith Institute, what's your website? Culturefaith.com. Great. Uh, um, so you deal a lot with the the um, the uh, project that we're going to talk about today, uh, the American Culture and Faith Institute's uh, Worldview Measurement Project, um, deals a lot with the worldview. Um, so what do you mean by worldview, and could you define uh, what your standard of a biblical worldview is? Sure. I mean, everybody has a worldview, not necessarily a biblical worldview, as we'll find out, but but everybody has a worldview, because that's essentially the lens that you look through as you try to make sense of and respond to reality, at least your understanding of reality. So that worldview is the thing that that gives you values and gives you perspective on everything that you see and you interact with in your world. When we talk about a biblical worldview, what we're saying is that there are ways of understanding and responding to the world that are based on biblical principles, and that that will be the thing that gives you the most successful response to the world around you. It will will help you make the, the best or most accurate sense of the world, and it will give you tracks to run on from day to day, from moment to moment, that will be in your best interest and the best interest of those people with whom you interact. 
So what we were trying to do in the Worldview Measurement Project is to establish a benchmark this year, and then in the future, every year, we'll be conducting the same study to find out, is it changing? If so, how is it changing? We want to try to measure as best we can who has a biblical worldview, how many people have a biblical worldview, what type of people have a biblical worldview. We know that only God really knows the answer. We're just trying to approximate it so that as people involved in ministry, we can have the most appropriate responses to the world around us. I think that's great. Now, now we, especially from the very beginning of Engage, we've always had a, a passion for helping people identify what their worldview is and then help them build a worldview based on Scripture. And to that end, we've read a lot of worldview studies, but this one is very, very different. So why is that? How is this different? Uh, just tell our readers, how is this one different from so many of the other studies that's been published? Well, first of all, there aren't that many studies that have been done using research to try to estimate the number of people who actually have a biblical worldview. I believe I did the first ones at the Barna Group uh, probably about 15 years ago. There have been a couple smaller attempts since then. This study is very different in that, first of all, it doesn't measure just beliefs. Previous worldview studies measure primarily beliefs or behaviors such as whether or not people attend church. The reality is whether or not you attend church doesn't indicate whether or not you have a biblical worldview. So what we were trying to look at were uh, how Jesus looked at things, which was, he said, yeah, what you believe matters, because what you believe affects the way that you behave. And the way that we can tell what matters to you is by the fruit that comes from your life. So we were trying to look at both belief and behavior. We have 40 different indicators in the study. No previous study has had nearly that many involved. And then what we did was we broke the results into three different scores. We have a, uh, a belief score, a behavior score, and then what we call an integrated disciple score. The idea being that if, you, if your beliefs are in sync with the Scriptures and your behaviors are really in sync with the Scriptures, you have integrated your faith into your life as you're trying to become a disciple of Christ. So we call that an integrated disciple score. And then we had different levels at which we measured that. So it, it, it really is quite a, a difference. Uh, by the way, other surveys tend to believe that you have to have all of the right answers. In this study, we had 40 different indicators, and, and we've realized since the last studies I did that not every devoted biblical Christian gets everything right. So we gave people a little bit of leeway in terms of their beliefs and their behavior. Not much, but, but a little bit, so that we could have a more realistic gauge of how many people really have and are geared toward continually growing their biblical worldview. You're listening to Engage Magazine on American Family Radio and Studio. We have Jordan Shambly and Teddy James. Uh, you hear me talk called TJ. Uh, but on the phone, what we have is George Barno. We're discussing the American Culture and Faith Institute's Worldview Measure Project uh, that has just recently been released. It's a great project. You can find more about it at culturefaith.com. Yeah, and uh, in Engage Magazine, like we've had so many people 
message us with questions and, and just comments on our own material. And really why we begun was um, sort of in response to a lack of what we've seen in people who claim to have a biblical worldview, but uh, there may be some lack in that regard. Um, is that something that you found? Um, and uh, how do you th- think we can deal with that? Yeah, we actually found that there were quite a few more people who claim to have a biblical worldview than actually have one, mm-hmm. uh, at least according to the way we're measuring it. So uh, I think there's a, a great misunderstanding on the part of Christians around the country, unintentional, of course, they want to do what's right, but worldview development is not something that most churches talk about. It's not something that most Christians read about. It's not something that you find many small group studies devoted to. There are bits and pieces of what goes into a worldview that people get exposed to all the time. But the idea of having a worldview is that it's a cohesive, integrated understanding of how life works according to God's principles. And so I think that that's why there's such a disjointedness between who people think they are and who the indicators actually show us to be. So it's important for us, I think, to, to be willing to say, you know what, I need to dig into this a little more. I can't just assume that if I go to church regularly, I listen to Christian radio, I read some Christian books, I have Christian friends, uh, that automatically I'm going to develop a biblical worldview. We have pretty persuasive evidence that that's not how it works. Now, George, one of the things that you focused on in your research is you break the uh, what you call the um, integrated disciple score, um, into some different demographics. And I want to get into that in just a minute. But first off, what is the Integrated Disciple Score? Well, essentially that's taking both the biblical belief results and the biblical behavior results, putting them together, again, based on this notion that somebody who truly is a disciple of Christ will have a biblical worldview and will constantly be working on developing that biblical worldview but it's not just about believing the right things. I mean, scriptures tell us Satan believes a lot of the same things we do. He, he understands, but what undermines him, if you will, is his behavior, how he's chosen to deal with what he understands about the nature of God, the origins of, of the universe, and so forth. And so the integrated disciple score takes both beliefs and behavior into account and combines it into a score that tells us whether or not a person really has a biblical worldview. And you break that down into demographics, especially age demographics, which I think our audience is going to find really interesting. Uh, Most of our audience, they're going to fall within that millennial age range. Um, And so what did you find um, that you think would be very pertinent to our specific demographic? Well, it's interesting. You know, the, the basic pattern that we saw is the older a person is, the more likely they are to have a biblical worldview. Now, there are two different ways of interpreting that. One is, as a person gains more experience and teaching and and wisdom in life, they develop that worldview. I think, though, there's a different explanation for what we're seeing, and that's that uh, the younger a person is, the less likely they are to be exposed to the kind of teaching that will help them to develop a biblical worldview, the less likely they are to be around other people who have been intentionally pursuing a biblical worldview. So among the millennials, for instance, we find that 4% 
by this measurement project have a biblical worldview. That will compare it to the generation if that's just a bit older than them, 7%. Then you look at baby boomers, it's around 15%, and the generation prior to boomers, about 70%. Nationally, we're looking at about 10% of the public that would have a biblical worldview. But as you know, generationally, uh, there are very significant differences. Oh, wow. That's um, there's some interesting information. It'll be interesting to see, uh, as this is an annual study, how that changes um, as time goes on. Now, can you tell us why you decided, decided to um, do this uh, survey annually? Well, you know, first of all, the reason we decided to do the survey is because nobody else is doing this. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, secondly, we had the opportunity to expand it, unlike any other survey, and we thought, well, that will be useful for people. And then annually, because there are so many organizations, whether it's, you know, FRC or AFA or the Colson Institute or, you know, so many different places that really want to see that number grow. And if it's 10% today, we'd like to know that so that we can be doing things in the future that will intentionally move that number higher. But we won't know if what we're doing is making a difference unless somebody is consistently measuring and reporting that using a consistent measurement tool. And so that's why the Worldview Measurement Project was created, and every year we'll be releasing this information and hoping that it will help many churches and parachurch ministries across the country to have a better grip on what's working, what isn't working, where do we stand, where do we need to go. Mm -hmm. One of the things that your, your study has revealed uh, I would definitely not call this encouraging information. Only 10% have a strong biblical belief and behavior. Uh, that drops down to or 35% have moderate, 35% have below average, and then 9% have minimal, minimal beliefs, biblical beliefs and behavior. Uh, do you think, because we always hear, especially about our generation, that all hope is lost. Do you think that that's true, or do you find there to be some hope in these statistics? Well, well, first of all, because I believe in Christ, I would say all hope is never lost. I know that He hasn't given up on us. Mm-hmm. Some people have given up on Him, but as we know from looking at the lives of many of us who have been saved by Christ, we'd previously given up on Him, but then He came into our lives and everything changed. Mm-hmm. So even though we go through dark periods in our culture, or our nation's history, by the grace of God, there's always hope that things are going to change for the better. And the mere fact that that you and I are talking about this and your listeners are hearing it, I mean, that ought to give us additional hope that when we know the situation, now we can do something about it. You can't fix something that you don't know is broken. And so now that we know that, yeah, there's a problem in the way that we're going about this, there's so much teaching and preaching and books and talk about faith, but it doesn't seem that all of that is leading people to developing an integrated understanding of Scripture and life. Mm. And so that being the case, we can increase our sense of hope by saying, okay, we need to be more intentional, we need to be more conscious, and we need to be more careful in measuring to figure out whether or not what we're doing actually makes a difference. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, George Barna from American Culture and Faith Institute. You can find out more at culturefaith.com. In the next segment, we're going to talk about how we can build a biblical worldview. We're going to give you some practical advice, some practical steps, and some practical things that you can read and do. You're not going to want to miss it. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 